In this episode of Call to Marriage, I talk with Bianca from Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome, about how it can sometimes feel like you don't belong in the military spouse community, what it feels like to come into the military spouse community, and so much more. So let's just jump right into it. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Call to Marriage. My name is Callie and I am so excited because today I have a guest with me who I think is really, really cool. So Bianca, if you want to introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do, that'd be awesome. Awesome. I'm so honored. Uh, You know, it's really great to be a fellow military spouse, but also to cross paths. I'm really excited uh, to be here today. So thank you. I'm honored, of course. Um, So my name is Bianca. Uh, Just like Callie said, I am a Navy spouse. My husband is a lieutenant in the U.S. Navy, currently deployed. I've been married for about four years. Um, I was a marketing director and then the pandemic the pandemic Lovato, I wanted to say pandemic Lovato, so say the pandemic Lovato came and, and Rona Dunn took my job. So I'm now a podcaster. I host a podcast about imposter syndrome. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what I do. Um, I'm a content creator now and I'm very happy doing that, but I'm, yeah. <laughs> and it is a really, really cool podcast. If you ever get to check it out, please don't pick me out. I'm actually going to be on the show and so yep. Bianca's on mine and I'm on hers and it'll be really, really cool. Um, if you hear background noise from either of us, I have two doodles who are just like itching to get outside. She has a dog, so we're yep. just going to roll with it. <laughs> you hear I, noise I in do, the I do. And I, I, I always say that I'm a low budget podcast because I use zoom and I'm like, you're going to hear what you're going to hear a squeeze yeah. of bark. <laughs> Sorry. Like I can't stop him. He's a, a year old. So if you hear barking, it's my dog barking at literally his own shadow. I have a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, um, named Bourdain, and he is just a delight until he's barking. <laughs> yep, I, we have bells on our back door to let us know when they want to go outside mm-hmm. and, and goose is adamant about anything he needs, new water, a snack, <laughs> go outside. He rings the bell. He thinks it's his personal Butler service. So I love it. <laughs> what, a, what a, what a mood, what a it, vibe. It, it, it's just goose is just one of those dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So today is episode is really, really special. The theme of today's episode is you know, misconceptions about being military spouses, not really feeling like, like you fit in and and maybe Mm -hmm. trying to figure out ways to empower yourself and empower others. And so I'm just going to kind of jump into these Mm -hmm. questions and we're going to kick this off. So, (laughs) um, so I want to know what are some of the biggest misconceptions about military life and being a military spouse that, that you've heard in, in your time being a Navy wife? Yeah. So I never saw myself as someone who would be with a person in the military. It just kind of worked out that way. Um, I had misconceptions when I saw my husband's profile on Tinder, where I had grown up with the stereotypes of like the getting married when you're young and having uh-huh. multiple wives and kids, blah, blah, blah. And I also knew about like the dependa, that, that very awful yeah. misogynistic kind of um, stereotype. I knew about mm-hmm. that. Um, and I had a Wait, friend- Wait, so was your husband, were you and your husband Tinder matches too? 
Yes. And then it almost <gasps> oh didn't happen. Gosh. So I was tender. We were tender. And then I was logging in to delete all of my apps because I rage quit a job, which I don't suggest any of your listeners <laughs> ever do. And I, he had messaged me on OkCupid, but his his message had gone into the spam folder. He didn't realize it was me. I didn't realize it was him. Because when I matched with him, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Officer and gentleman. Boop, swipe right. He's, mm-hmm. in his, he's in his, he's in his, it was OCS. His mom had taken the photo and um, he was in his Navy whites after commissioning my husband is a mustang which that means that he's prior enlisted he doesn't like me calling him that but deal with it uh, so he's <laughs> so he my husband's been in for he's been in for 15 years and so um i met him when he was 29 i was 27 we were exactly two days two years apart so he invited me to go to a bar when we first matched and i was like i hate that bar so i said no and then we ghosted each other we both dated other people i quit a job he uh, those relationships ended and then i was logging in to delete my profile. I was like, I probably shouldn't be dating uh, anyone. <laughs> and um, so uh, his, his message was in the other inbox folder, which means our, our match percentage was not high enough for it to go into my regular inbox. But he had gone through my booby trap labyrinth profile of OkCupid because OkCupid's mostly polyamorous people being gross um, and asking you to be a third. And I'm like, where are the single monogamous yeah. people? <laughs> and it's like, it's like scraping the bottom of the barrel. So I was like, I might as well re- read my messages so I can have zero faith in, in mankind or uh, men and I can just feel real shitty about myself. So I, of course, read through my messages and I, he was hilarious. He, he went through all of my points of my profile, which was very booby trapped. So that don't message me if this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I look at the photo and sure enough, it's this dude in his Navy. Again. I was like, <laughs> this guy. And I was like, you still have my phone number. He's like, Oh yeah. What is it again? Cause I'm like getting used to the area codes. He did not have my phone number. He deleted it. He was <laughs> mad I didn't meet up with him, which, um, you know, long story short, uh, he was like, I won't take no for an answer. We have to go on a date. What are the odds? The odds are very high. Denver is a very small population. My husband was attached to a joint billet command at Buckley Air Force Base. And then mm-hmm. he wanted, he'd always, he'd always wanted to live downtown. Now, unbeknownst to me with all of these misconceptions about him, like, oh, okay, we've probably been married before, probably been divorced. Like just the stereotypes you hear about because yeah. of the military. Um, I, he was none of those things. He actually, after he commissioned, he spent his Hawaii tour trying to rank up because that's what you're supposed to do once you're an officer. It's really hard. You have to rank up. So he put on L, um, LTJG from Ensign and he was like, this is not, I don't want to date in Hawaii. It's either tourists or like people going to school. Like there's no in between. Mm-hmm. So he chose Denver on a whim, having a good feeling about it. And he said, basically, I wanted to find my wife and then enter me. Here you are. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, our date lasted 72 hours. I moved in a month later. He asked my dad for permission to marry me. And I have been married to him since the Navy's birthday, which is, uh, October 13th. Um, and it's the best excuse to never go to a Navy function ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I love That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Our, our anniversary is July 4th. So we get, we get fun fireworks for our anniversary. I love that. <laughs> pick, pick a date that makes you happy. That's what Ex- I say. Well, it almost wasn't our date. We were supposed to get married like on Mother's Day because it was the only date our venue had available. But, you know, coronavirus, we had to postpone it. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up getting July 4th kind of weirdly. And, and now it's like, we can't imagine. It's like the most perfect anniversary. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. Because you can, you can go, you can do whatever you want because it's already, they're already celebrating. So you get to celebrate too. It's, it's nice. It's, it's yeah. nice in that regard. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, talking about misconceptions for yeah. sure. Uh, I definitely, um, I was wrong. 
about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I knew nothing. Like I knew absolutely nothing. I was thrown into it in my late twenties. And, you know, I'll never forget like my first um, military event, which was in uh, April. So we started dating in February, February 10th is our first date. And, um, uh, in April, we went to, we had a dining out, which for people listening, uh, it's like a wardroom thing. I, I don't really know how to describe it. It's weird. Someone wore a kilt. There's a lot of grog. I've been to two of them. I, I really hate Navy functions. They're fun, but they're also icky. Like I just, I, I, I don't know if that makes me a bad wife, but, um, or spouse, <laughs> but, but I, um, I don't, they're it's not everyone. Really, it's, it's just, it's just not, it's not, I mean, the last one I went to was right before Rona. No, she didn't. <laughs> away. So, so anyway, um, so I'm there and I'm, 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 I have no idea what's going on. I'm in culture shock. Like this is just feeling really weird for me being at this dining out. It was at the aquarium and, and I was like, I'm, I was a girlfriend. I wasn't a spouse. And so I was kind of other than mm-hmm. around that because like there is kind of varying degrees of like, how much do we want to like, like, are you going to stick around or are you not yeah. like, are you going to be annoying or are you not going to be annoying kind of thing? So the wardroom spouses were warmer to me after I got married, but, um, they're, they're lovely. They've taught me a lot about life, but, um, I'm at this dining out and I guess one of, uh, so I'm outside and I, and I was outside for some reason. And, um, uh, one of Scott's uh, peers came up to me and was like, Hey, like, are you, I saw you were with, with, a Ensign Woolwick or whatever, or LTJG Woolwick. I was like, yeah. And they, they're like, oh yeah. Um, so he's too kind to his sailors. And like, that's a problem. Oh my God. And he needs to check on it. And I was a little bit drunk and I burst into tears because I didn't know what was happening. And it was such a negative, upsetting experience for me because I didn't Mm -hmm. know what was going on. So I came back to the table and I have like mascara tracks and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, I pointed to her and I was like, she said something that like upset me. And I was like, this is what she said. And he was like, oh, mm -hmm. she said that, did she? Okay, cool. And he had a talk with her and he was like, you will never, he's like, that's my girlfriend, but she, I'm going to marry her one day. And you will never talk to her like that ever again. And you shouldn't talk to anyone's spouse like that. He was yeah. like, I care about my sailors. I care about my, my sailors and what's going on. And he was like, and he was like, and, and he was like, and that's a good person. And you really upset her. Like you should apologize. So long story short, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And yeah. it was overwhelming. And i found that it just kind of goes back to the idea of there's a lot of red tape and um, there's a lot of things you don't know because you feel a lot of the times spouses need feel they need to be demure because something they say or do will impact their, their husbands or their husband or wife or whoever. Cause there's um, you know, same sex couples as well. Yeah. It'll affect their career. And something my husband's always told me, especially in having a podcast and stuff, he's like, you're a civilian. What you say doesn't matter. Like you can say whatever you want. It's not going to impact me. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, um, the community might tell you to be demure, quiet, don't, don't speak up, you know, you're, you're, what you can say and what can you can do can impact them. But at the end of the day, I'm my own person. And yeah. the, that's where the misconception comes is that we, you know, yes, like his, he's the breadwinner. He's the essential person. Um, I will do anything to sacrifice for his career, but I also am my own person who um, being a military spouse is just one tiny component of who I am. It's not my entire identity. And that's the difference is those who really take that entire identity of like their spouse and the rank. It's like, 
we just got, we just got promoted instead of like he got promoted or they got promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to, um, especially as a, as an officer spouse, and I know my husband hates me talking about this, but as an officer spouse, um, I try really hard, especially with my husband being prior enlisted to always see the enlisted versus officer side of things and to try and just be empathetic mm-hmm. and, um, and realize that other people, that people are struggling and, so especially with a pandemic and it being in the middle of a deployment, kind of you got thrown into it. I got thrown into it. Oh yeah. It's been, it's been a journey for sure. And coming from shore command to sea command was just, it just threw, it just threw everything I knew out the window. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think you touched on a good point too, about being like demure and like almost, you know, you should be seen, not heard kind of situation. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that stems from older older military values. And I say this and I ask everyone to take it with a grain of salt, but I think way back when there was more of a social pressure to hold, to hold yourself mm-hmm. to a higher standard. Yep. And I, my grand, so my grandmother was an air force spouse and she would tell me stories about how, you know, she would have to go to functions and show face because if she didn't show face, you know, there'd be questions with her spouse about why she wasn't there. And, you know, is she really participating or is your family really committed? Mm-hmm. And I think now um, military is a little bit more modernized. And I think there is a better understanding that spouses are individuals. They are civilians first. Yes. Um, and so they're, you know, you shouldn't go out and, and post crazy, you know, you shouldn't like be smoking a joint or, you know what I mean? Like there are things you shouldn't do that are common sense. But as Mm -hmm. far as your ability to have an opinion and think for yourself and speak for yourself, especially there's a lot more, a lot more movement towards that being just normalized. Oh, absolutely. And every branch varies. So I have a friend that like, she's a, she was a Marine spouse and they handed her a book when she got married and were like, you need to follow suit. And then then as a Navy spouse, an officer spouse, like people have told me about this book. I can't find a copy to save my life only because I'm morbidly curious about it. But yes, there were, there was a lot more bureaucratic red tape. There was a lot more showing up for your partner. And so I'm part of my ship's FRG. What that is, is a family readiness group. Mm -hmm. Um, We reactivated our family readiness group for the deployment, um, for the deployment that my my husband's strike group is on. And um, people were weirded out by the fact that I was an officer spouse sitting on the board of directors for this FRG. Ooh, that's taboo. And it was the older spouses telling me that. And you touched on a good point. So let's talk about that. My, my old command being shore duty duty, and also being highly desirable to raise children near Colorado in Colorado, like that area, Mm -hmm. the schools are very good. So a lot of older military families getting ready to retire out with older kids would choose that area so that the kids could go to good schools and they would do that shore command and they would get out. Right. Right. So it was very family friendly. And, um, I remember like they, they, as soon as I got married, they adopted me into the wardroom, um, group that they were in and, uh, and they just, they had so much advice for me and, oh, you'll, and then of course, you know, oh, you'll change your mind about children and this, that, Mm -hmm. and the other, and like, or don't have kids or whatever. And, um, and so I learned a lot from them, but what I didn't learn was anything to do with a C tour, a C tour hands your butt to you. It is uh, because you, they have workups to get ready to to deploy. So the ships are either in the yards, working up to deploy, deployed or broken. Like there's no in between. (laughs) Um, And so I went from like not being able to really face that my husband, like I knew my husband was Navy, but I didn't really know 
I'm like, he wears, he deals with satellites and space stuff. Like, I don't, I don't really know what he does to then him being on a ship, being stressed out, having a, having a hard time trying to reintegrate back into that sea tour. And uh, it was just really hard to watch and go through. And by the time they deploy, at least in Navy and Navy and probably Marines as well, um, I was just like, go. Like, I'm sick of you coming and going, like, just go, mm-hmm. uh, which, which, you know, I, I definitely would give anything to have that time back, but it's like the sooner you leave and get back, the sooner I can get back into my life and in a routine. So, yeah. so it's, so it was very, um, overwhelming to kind of come into a sea tour without having any concept of like, oh, my husband is probably going to be in the middle of the ocean. Cause I was in a landlocked state. So it didn't make sense that there was even Navy there. My husband would always make the joke. Oh, oh yeah, like I'm attached to like an underground sub base. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and like people were like, what, really? Like, so, so he's, a, he's, a, he's a jokester, he's a jokester. But um, suffice to say that unfortunately there, there are resources. There's things like Compass. I'm not sure what the Air Force or Army might have or, or Marines, but well, Marines and, and Navy are, are hand in hand. So we have a thing called Compass. I mean, there's so many resources. And so when you don't, like there's, just like there's no one way to rehabilitate a veteran, like there's, like it's gonna take a village. There's no one way to prepare a spouse. There's yeah. there's advice that's given. There's things, but at the end of the day, you kind of gotta figure it out yourself. And that's the unfortunate part because it's very lonely and alone. And that's why I like your podcast because I feel like it's helpful, even if it's not branch specific. It's helpful. Yeah, so, yeah. It's it's all about making sure everyone feels like they at least understand a little bit more than they did the day before. And I think, especially like you said, there are resources, but sometimes it's either a hard to find them because genuinely, if there's an army resource, someone point it to me because I have yet to find it. And B, it's either the, the language of some of the resources is really hard to understand, mm-hmm. especially if you're a new spouse, they kind of throw a lot of words at you that you don't know what the heck they're talking about. And, you know, it's just, it can be, it can be frustrating, I think, as a spouse trying to understand how to be a spouse. And so I think, you know, like you touched on, like there are resources, you kind of, you just got to find, find your tribe, find your people. Yep. Yep. And I, I don't like negative people and I don't like people mm-hmm. who sit there and poop their pants and sit in it and complain at the end of the day, I have no, like something that the pandemic has taught me, but also like this part of my spouse, like I will never have to deal with another deployment ever again. He will get out before that would ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing shore and then hopefully another shore and then peace out Navy. Mm-hmm. We're almost to 20. So we might as well get keep in. So, yeah. um, you know, the people who complain and they're like, meh, meh, like everyone wants to like sh- share their wound and the thing to remind your listeners is that there's a lot of mean girl mentality. There's a lot of burn book mentality with it. But if you do mm-hmm. find the right people, stick with them. Like my spousal yeah. community um, that I'm friends with are true blue. They're good people. It took a while to find them. They're out there. Not everyone's flaky. Not everyone's in a multi-level marketing scheme. Not <laughs> everyone's doing these things. You just have to look for people who are the other sore thumb in the group who can have your back. And so I have really leaned into um, the people that are, are attached to my command and their deployment. Uh, and we're in a group chat 
and, uh, and, and I love them and care about them very deeply. And, and I will always have their back, no matter what, if they were to call me, I, I would help them. Uh, but that's yeah. not always the case because there is a lot of misloyalty and a lot of, um, a lot of flakiness too. And that's something to keep in mind for your listeners. It's like, we all kind of prioritize our partners when they're here, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's important. It's important it's to maintain important. your yeah. support system. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm kind of going through that with a friend right now. And then I totally get it. He was deployed and she's coming back and reintegration has been a jerk and no one prepared her for it because of the pandemic. But I also like know that like as much as I say, I probably won't do that. I might, you know, like have, mm-hmm. kind of have to like take time because my husband's getting back and then we're PCS moving to Hawaii. And that's been a whole ball game I've been having to deal with on my own. Yeah. And um, I think another misconception too, and something to keep in mind is like, uh, if you feel like you're not contributing, just remember you are serving just like mm-hmm. they are, you might not be you might not feel that way, but you are. And being a military spouse is your superpower. I like to think of it like it's a superpower. I know I can handle anything because I've been through hell at this, this, this last two years and this last year and a half, I've lived a thousand lives. So I feel so prepared. So when like, you know, for instance, like my sister will complain about something I'm like, okay, but like, I don't need to hear it because like, that's nothing in comparison mm-hmm. <laughs> to like <laughs> what I'm having to deal with right now. So shush. So it's, yeah. it's sometimes we do it. It's a little bit of wound shaming or like, oh, like comparing to others. Um, but at the end of the day, just know that, you know, you're not alone. There's always someone out there for you. You just have to know where to look and start to yes. kind of unravel that ball of thread and figure out who and where you want to fit in. Yeah. And I think, so I think you touched on something. And so I want to talk about this as well. So I think it's really important to find like your tribe, your village, your support system. But I think in the midst of trying to find it, it can be really easy to feel like you don't belong or like you're mm-hmm. misplaced in this environment. I know when I, I was a, a girlfriend, not the wife yet, we went to a cookout at Fort Rucker and, mm-hmm. you know, there were the wives with their children in, in one corner and the men, you know, talking around with their beer in another corner. And then there was me in the middle. And I was like, I don't know where to go. I was like, I'm not a wife. I'm, I'm not a service member. I'm not a, you know, a flight school student. I feel so out of place. And so it, it was so weird. And I think that's, you know, the experience with a lot of, of spouses is figuring out, you know, I don't feel like I belong. Where do I belong? So how can, you know, they empower themselves? What are the things that they can do to feel more empowered? And, and what are things that we as I say seasoned, quote unquote, because I'm definitely not seasoned, but other spouses can do to empower the younger spouses, the newer spouses coming into this. I think you and I kind of talked about this in my podcast. Some people just can't be helped. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but like, if, if I have to explain something to you 45 times, I don't have the space and energy for it. Like how many times do I have to tell you how to like send a package? But at the same time, like spouses typically want to help other spouses. I think there's a camaraderie and a community. Um, if I know someone's a, a military spouse, I have a complete absolute empathy for them from day one, from the second they disclose that. Mm -hmm. Um, but not everyone is like that. Maybe I'm a weirdo. I don't know. I also love people. Uh, but, (laughs) um, it's okay to reach out for help. Um, so I guess my suggestion, the first one is 
your service member will having be having to put you on the page too. They're going to be having to, you know, add you to TRICARE, get you in the DEER system, do all the yeah. things that you're going to have to do. They're going to go through the red tape and then they're going to start sending you resources because their, their command is like, oh, all right, married. Okay. Boop. Here's some resources. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be given, you're, you're going to have like a lot of stuff thrown at you. And if you're, if your spouse is good and connected, like mine was, he had already figured out where the Facebook group was and was like, all right, here's a Facebook group that, you know, our friend Todd Migdal's wife had. And it's like, okay, um, Jeff Migdal, sorry, Jeff Migdal's wife had. And I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. And I joined it. And I just, for me now, I look back and I'm like, what was I so afraid of? Like, I'm just as, I'm just as cool as any of them. And, and I, you know, uh, at the end of the day, like, I belong here too, but they were very kind and they taught me a lot and I am forever grateful for getting that experience with them and getting to meet them. And that might not be everyone's experience. However, um, I got pretty lucky in that sense. Um, but there are, like I said, you just have to know where to look. There's resources. Um, and things like this podcast are good to make you feel a little less alone, but at the end of the day, just remind yourself that, um, you're a spouse, but that's not your entire identity. One, yes. two, everyone else feels weird in that room at those events too. Like uh, no one truly loves these formal events. At least I'm under the impression. I, I can't stand them. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, just keep in mind that it's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to seem vulnerable mm-hmm. and weak. And sometimes you just need a place to scream into the void because it can be yeah. so frustrating, especially with this pandemic. Oh. So, you know, it's okay to feel alone. It's okay to reach out and it never looks bad to ask. It's, it doesn't come off as weak to ask for help. It, it's not, it's quite the opposite. It's much, it's, it takes a lot of like strength to ask, like to, to admit that you're struggling and that you need help. Like, so I feel like if you're listening one, like Bianca said, you're not just a spouse. I think I, shove it down everyone's throats all the time. You're more than a spouse. You're more than a just, I hate the word just. And two, like she said, like ask for help, reach out, find resources because there are a hundred percent, like 50 people in the same boat as you. (laughs) Yeah. And can I, can I give a story just so that like people can understand? So, so I, um, I, my background is in marketing. Um, I was a marketing director when I moved to San Diego, I became a marketing director of, um, a branch of fortune 500 company. When the pandemic hit, they were like, see you later. Goodbye job. Um, but I, when I moved here, I was like, Ugh, I don't really want to do the spouse crap. I don't want to mm-hmm. get to know people. I don't want to do these things. I honestly, I just kind of want to like, just focus on my career because I finally am where I want to be in life. I want to focus on my career. I want to like kick ass, take names and do well. So I was very not doing it. No spouse, no wardrobe stuff. I don't want to deal with it. Like I'm just not going to. Uh, and, um, then when I lost my job and the pandemic was going on and my husband was gone, I realized that my friends at my office are not my friends because they are still with jobs and their loyalty is to keeping their employment and they couldn't relate to me anymore. And they didn't know what was going on with me. Like if I still had this job, they would have no idea what to say to me because they're not spouses like, or, mm-hmm. or military or whatever. And they have no frame of reference. 
I realized how important community was. And I started reaching out to my spousal community. And I was like, I need to get involved with something. I need to help in some way, shape or form. Something that we've, so now I'm very connected. Um, And I'm so excited to move to Hawaii and like float into the background, like the Homer Simpson gif where he like- Yes. (laughs) I I am very loud at this command and and I'm very, uh, very outspoken to get things done. And I, I very deeply care about them because he's deployed. But the second that we're on shore, a shore to a shore debt, which we will be, I cannot wait to attend nothing and enjoy <laughs> my time. But um, suffice to say, it's it's definitely okay to start by trying to find genuine connection. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do what I did. <laughs> it's very isolating and very lonely. And but you don't have to if you don't want to be part of stuff. Don't. You don't have to, yeah. who's holding, who's holding, you know, a knife to your throat saying, do it. Like no one's telling you, you don't have to serve any way, shape or form. You can, you can do it if you feel inclined, but you don't have to is the, is the point. Yeah. And there's, I also think it's important to note that there's not a requirement for involvement. It's not a box you have to check. If that is something like I have a friend who is just like, so, 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 so introverted. And the thought of participating in FRG events is just like a no-go she doesn't have to participate. Like if that's something that FRG is a great resource to meet people and meet other spouses. But if it is something that you don't feel comfortable going, you don't get like a strike for not going to FRG events. You don't get like a docket, you know, no one's going to look down on you. Everyone's busy. Everyone understands. So, you know, there are, there are other ways to meet people and make genuine spousal connections. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another thing I want to touch on as a military spouse, especially as one with a career, like, just like we said, there's no one way to serve. There's also Mm -hmm. no one way to be a military spouse as we talk about. Um, The military, unfortunately, the military um, community is, is, or the spousal community is severely underserved as it pertains to careers. Um, Thankfully, the pandemic is making things more remote. So it's actually a lot easier for spouses to get employment. But uh, something that my captain's wife who called me last year, um, after I lost my job, she gave me a call. I was just having a hard time and she knew I was struggling. So she gave me a call and I was kind of crying on the phone, which was like mortifyingly embarrassing, but I was crying on the phone because I was just frustrated and I didn't know what was going on and I had no control over things. And I was just frustrated. And she said, Bianca, because on my way out, my boss said to me, and I quote, well, you weren't permanent anyway, you're moving to Hawaii. And I, and you know, you're a military spouse or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, appreciate that. <laughs> Oop. I just accidentally pressed. Oop. My bad. Okay. Sorry. Um, you can't hear that, but I accidentally, I have a, um, I have my Peloton headphones in and I pressed a button and then my podcast started playing, which was weird. Oh gosh. Was <laughs> anyway, to go back to it, she said, this, she said, Bianca, and this is why I champion it. Bianca being a spouse is your superpower. You will work two times as hard. You will work harder than any other employee. You will make a legacy in that time. And she was like, never, ever see it as a deterrent and don't allow anyone to make you feel like that. She was like, flip the script, let them see you how you want to be seen mm-hmm. and impermanence. No, your impermanence is your superpower. So use it. And now if you have a hustle drive and you want to do things, this is the best advice. And I, I love her advice. I appreciate it. Um, Becky's awesome. And I'm so lucky to have her, um, at least to have had her mentorship and that's in that situation. So it's great. It's great. And this is kind of like, if you can find a spouse mentor as well, like, I think that's good too. Yeah. There, there, I had a military spouse mentor when I first became a spouse and it was so 
comforting to have someone just email me whenever I had questions. Like I could reach out at any, but, and ask anything essentially. And mm-hmm. it was so nice to be someone like, oh yeah, that's not a weird question. Like I've asked that myself and here's how I answered it. And like, honestly, like, that's like why I have the podcast. Like if you need a mentor, like email me. Cause I can connect you with people. <laughs> like it's, it, it helps you feel less like a fish out of water. If you have someone uh, yeah. like walking through it with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it can feel lonely and isolating and mm-hmm. ridiculous. And, um, yeah. I guess like, just keep in mind that like, we're all shouldering so much, right? Like we're holding so yeah. much on our shoulders and our plate at any one given time. Um, and it's a lot because you're handling the house, the dogs, the kids, the whatever, maybe you're doing a pregnancy alone. Like there's a lot of, mm-hmm. um, it's a, a lot, lot going on. It's a yeah. lot. And especially when they're deployed, it's like everything falls to you. And mm-hmm. so just, if you're going through something right now, a deployment workups, whatever, just go with grace, lean into those days where you feel emotional, allow yourself to feel the way you're feeling, get a therapist that is try care pays for it. Get a therapist literally. Yeah. And if you can, my best advice is if you can get on TRICARE select immediately. Yeah. Don't do prime. Don't bother with it. Just get on select. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think those are all like really helpful pointed advice and very, very good things to remember. And mm-hmm. so, um, as we kind of come near the end of it, I want to ask you this final question. And I like to ask my interviews this question because I think as new spouses, it's really kind of, it's comforting to hear people go through similar struggles, but it's also really insightful to learn about what a spouse, you know, wish they would have told younger them. So if you could, you know, hop into a time machine and go back to the day you became a military spouse, what's one piece of advice or, you know, what's some, some advice you would give yourself, you know, knowing what you do now? run away. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I would not change. He is my soulmate. I love him. He's my best friend. I would not change a day with that man for anything. I am going to never take the best advice is never, ever take the time you have together for granted because you're going to miss them when they're gone. Another piece of advice is of course, get on select. I just said it, get a therapist also said that. Um, but honestly, just lean into it when you need it. This community is there when you need it. Trust me. It's like a trust fall. Like they're there for you. Um, but you don't have to vehemently be so against it. If it doesn't fit you, that's okay. And also no one go with grace, like allow yourself to feel the feelings that you're feeling, allow yourself to be vulnerable around the people that are within that deployment. Cause that's the that the only people who understand that deployment are other uh, spouses in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and finally, uh, it's okay to not know things, but never be afraid of asking questions. And the biggest advice is what you say and do so long as it's within the confines of respect and you're not just like going to the media to, to, to talk about OPSEC or PERSEC information is you are not your spouse and the military might own them, but they don't own you. You are a civilian Mm -hmm. and things that apply to him don't necessarily apply to you. So remember that you are your own person. Don't lose sight of that. And that your, your military spouse title isn't all of you. So just keep that in mind. I love that we are ending with that. Like the, you are, you are more than just a just. Yep. <laughs> if you can yep. take anything away from this podcast, it is that you are more than a spouse. You are more than a just. So, 
Bianca, I just want to say thank you so much for of coming course. on. I love being on your show. So if you want to tell the people what you got going on, what your show is, where they can find you, yeah. all that information, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Thank you again. This was an honor. Um, anytime I get to talk into a microphone, I'm living my dream. Look at me now, <laughs> mom. Uh, but uh, my... Uh, uh, so I host a podcast, a weekly podcast. It comes out every Monday. It's called Please Don't Kick Me Out. And I um, I interview people and we talk about success, careers, failures, because it's the feeling imposter syndrome is a very heavy terminology, but it really just boils down to like feeling like you're not worthy of your accomplishments, feeling like a failure, being in a room full of people and being like, I don't belong here. Basically, it's like being a military spouse in a nutshell. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, overall, it's a very human emotion. Um, I am very proud and loud for social injustice. So um, my podcast is basically a mouthpiece and a microphone to talk about whatever I want. And I've talked to people all over the world. I've been doing it for a year. It's called Please Don't Kick Me Out. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. But you can find me online if you want to be a guest at www.pleasedontkickmeout.com. Otherwise, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Beyond cakes which is b-i-a-n-c-a i can't spell in my head uh k-e-z-z she'll put it all in the description i'm sure but mm-hmm. yeah reach out to me if you need someone um i currently don't have the bandwidth because i'm preparing for a pcs move but i can point you in the right direction of someone who can help you so feel free to reach out to me and uh yeah that's that's where you can find me yeah and if you want to reach out to call to marriage if you have a a question or if you have a story or if you want to talk about how this podcast you related to this podcast you can email us at ask.ctmpodcast.gmail.com you can also connect with us on facebook and instagram at call to marriage again thank you bianca so much of for course. being on this show thank you. and i will talk to everyone again later bye